You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You doing good? You look good. Wednesday nights have been rocking. Can you say that? I'm sure that's like totally not cool anymore. It's so... No, off the hook, babe. Wow. That was five years ago. What is now? It's so off the chain. Chain? That was like five years ago, too. Wow. We're all our young adults left. I'm sorry, everyone. We don't even know what we're doing up here. Anyways. (laughs) Well, welcome to church. It's okay to have fun in church, isn't it? All right. So I'm going to share just a little bit tonight. I'm going to share a story um, a personal story and a one or two possibly. And then I just want the Holy Spirit to minister and to move in hearts tonight and allow people to have the opportunity and the time to be prayed over. Um, so the title of my message tonight is Get to the Root, I think. Was that my message title? Yes. Nice, guys. Get to the Root. Okay, so, so everyone, I always thought I wanted a garden. Who else has wanted a garden or has a garden? I know, it's such a good idea in theory, right? And so so the last house we lived in, so I've always said I want a garden. I always thought it would be like a really fun, cute idea. And so we lived in this house for eight years, and the house was actually already set up for a garden. It had this huge built-in planter that had a watering system. Yeah, so you would have thought, since I've always wanted a garden, I would have utilized the space. However, for eight years, that pile of dirt was watered very thoroughly every day by the sprinklers and never saw any life life come from it. But then all of a sudden, when we moved into our new house, I was like, John, I really want a garden. He's like, really, babe? Like, you had an opportunity for eight years and you didn't do it. So, no. I'm like, no, no. See, this whole new area, we need to redo it. I want to get some planter. I promise. I promise I'll use it. You know, it's like the treadmill I promised I'd use, and then six years later, we sell it. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, babe, I really want, I want, I want you to make me some garden boxes, and then can you make me a little path so I can walk to my garden? And, and I said, think about it. I'm trying to, like, sell him on this idea, because it's going to cost quite a bit of money to redo this whole area. And I was like, babe, think about it. Like, if I'm making dinner, and I want to add a carrot to my salad, I can just go get one from my garden. And he's like, okay. So he finally concedes and allows me to have the garden. But then I underestimated that whole thing the Bible talks about in Genesis, about tending and keeping it. Um, And then I also didn't really consider that I should do some research before I just start planting things at random. Like I should have maybe researched what's good to plant in what season and how things grow so I can make sure to have the space. Well, with no research whatsoever, I just planted a whole bunch of random things that my eight-year-old picked out. Yes. I did try to plant carrots. That was the first thing I tried to plant. And you, I bought them from Seed Farm, you guys. And the package said, like, put two to three little seeds every two inches. And these seeds are like sands of grain, grains of sand. And I was like, doing this for so long. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I just go, <laughs> and then I just like, patted it and watered it and prayed. Nothing happened. I never got a carrot. I wonder why. But anyway, so, but I, I did have some success. I, I, so I have some photos of things I was successful at because I'm very proud of myself. I had a green pep, a green peppers are growing. Do you have the green pepper? Yeah, look how, see, those are cute. Yeah, yeah. And my tomatoes, show my tomatoes. 
Yes. I do use those on the daily. There's always like three or four ripe ones every day and I just add them to my salad. You're all jealous, I know. And then, and then the next slide is my herb garden. Okay, it's very overgrown. I have not tended or keep, kept it. And I basically don't use herbs. And so they're basically little, look at, they're little tasty treats for all the little garden worms in, in my yard. Yeah. So that's my herb garden. I also tried to plant watermelon and cucumbers because those are the ones my kids really love. They're their two favorites. But again, did no research. So I had no idea. Like my cute little bell peppers and my tomatoes, everything, they just grew upright in these little plants, you know? But then I didn't know cucumbers and watermelons were like viney things, viney plants, which means they grow everywhere. And so, so I, I would, this is what would happen. So here, so these, these little devils took over my garden. So I have one of my garden boxes I'll show you. So look at that, you guys. Why? Why? See, my cute path is now destroyed by these vines of watermelons and cucumbers. Yeah. And then, and then show the next photo of where they were strangling my other plants. So not, I'm not exaggerating. Every day, I'd have to walk out and untangle the watermelon plants and the cucumber plants from all my other vegetables. Every morning, look at this. This is just overnight. They, they would wrap like six times. And every morning, I'd have to go snap them all off and separate them. And one day of frustration and fury, I was just like, I'm over it. Even though I could see the little watermelons and I could see the little cucumbers, I just ripped everything out. I know, now show my nice clean. See, look, it's so nice. Again, my kids were so upset that I pulled out the watermelon and the cucumbers, but I was so frustrated. I didn't have the patience or the time every day to go keep those things from wrapping around everything else. And so, like these were all being stunted because these ones were just like overtaking it. They weren't able to grow because these ones were overtaking it. And so, so that's what I did. I ripped them out and it looked really good for a while. Cleaned up nice, good on the surface. Thought I dealt with the problem. At least I thought I did. Until the next season. When springtime the next year came back around, I thought I had gotten all of those roots out, but I did not. And so because I don't really tend and keep it, I didn't really notice that they all had grown back and were now strangling my actual producing bell peppers and tomatoes again. So I didn't actually get rid of the problem. I just cleaned up the surface to make it look clean enough, but I never got the actual root. So there I was again a year later dealing with the same problem. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root, no root of bitterness springs up to cause trouble and defile many. So because the roots were still there, it was just a matter of time before those vines resurfaced and caused trouble again. So Ecclesiastes 3, 2 tells us there's a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what was planted. And I really believe tonight that the Lord's going to speak to us about uprooting things that we've allowed to grow in our garden that are inhibiting our health and the growth of other areas in our life. Amen. And it's funny, God always works with me in themes for the year. And one of the themes for this year he gave me was to uproot the issues of the heart that aren't healthy. 
And it's been amazing of how many pastoral meetings and conversations and coffees I have. And the theme exists within everyone. Everyone says the same types of thing. I thought I already dealt with this. Uh, It's the same familiar spirit that keeps like rearing its head in my life. I dealt with this before. I thought I was done, but it's here again. And I have to deal with it again. That insecurity, that control, that fear, that anxiety, that jealousy, that comparison, that competition, the pride, it just keeps coming up. And so I just kept thinking to myself, do we just do a really good job? Or are we too impatient and just in fury, just rip things out really quickly because we don't have the time to deal with it because it would just take too long to do it properly. So we do enough. We do enough to where all of those things that are manifesting in our life kind of just like take a little bit of a backseat and we clean it up just enough so it all looks nice on the surface, but beneath the roots still exist. The problem still exists. And over time, they will resurface and they will reproduce things in our lives that we don't want growing in our lives. And so I really believe this year for us as a church, the Heavenly Father is asking up to uproot some things from our lives. And, I, and when I say some, I feel like that's overwhelming. Like, can we just, can we just focus on one? Like, let's just focus on the one thing we know we need to uproot in our life. If we focused on one thing, I guarantee you there would be so many areas of your life that would benefit. Uprooting one thing, uprooting that, those, those, that cucumber and that tomato, all the other plants benefited because they could actually grow now because there wasn't something strangling it and pulling it down. Don't ever estimate the power of removing one thing from your life. You know, I, removing one thing from my life so many years ago, for a decade, I suffered with insecurities, I suffered with uh, control, and I suffered with anxiety. It dominated every area of my life. You don't have anxiety and control and insecurities and think it's just going to be like isolated to your relationship with your spouse. Or it, it manifests in every area of your life. So I didn't actually need to uproot insecurity or uproot anxiety or uproot control. What I had to actually uproot, the root of those three symptoms was fear. It was the fear, the root of fear that caused it to manifest in being anxious about everything, to be, to be insecure about everything, to try to control everything, to give myself the illusion of safety so I didn't get hurt. The root of those three symptoms was fear. And I just kept trying to deal with the insecurity, reading books on insecurity, reading books on anxiety, reading books on how to not be controlling and codependent and all these things. But nothing worked because the root was actually fear and it was a spirit and it had to be rooted out. One thing. We focused on one thing. It would change so many different areas of our life. So let's just focus on the one tonight. Can we do that? I'm going to just quickly try to touch on a story I shared in a message a few years back. And I don't want to retell the whole thing because you can listen to the whole thing if you prefer. Um, it was a message I preached a couple years ago called Lawbreakers. And so if you, if this is, as I'm speaking, if some things are resonating with you, I would highly encourage you to go back and try to find that message. But I'm going to quickly give a summary of that message to lead you into what I wanted to actually share with you tonight. And so a little bit of my story. Um, uh, Pastor Mike Connell comes through our church every couple of years. He's from New Zealand. He's like the grandfather slash demon buster slash. He's just so lovely. Um, but demons are very scared of him. And so, so he was doing all these sessions with our church. And so during his sessions, all these things were kind of like coming up in me. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I need a private session with Mike Connell. And so 
by the grace of God, I was able to have a private session with Mike Connell. And I shared things like this. Like, I just feel like something's wrong with me. I, I love my life. I love my husband. I love my church. I love my God. But I kind of feel numb. And I said, I feel numb in all those areas of my life to some degree. And I said, I watch how other people experience joy in life. Like, when, like I remember being on a trip in Hawaii with some of the girls from church going to a conference. And I was, I was watching them experience life through their lens. And they were so happy and so cheerful and so fun and full of joy. And I just looked at them. I couldn't even muster up those emotions. And I was in the most beautiful place at the best conference, enjoying my friends with a sunset view. And I didn't even know how to feel the things I was watching them experience. And so I was sharing all this with Mike Connell. And so he started to ask me about my past. He started to ask me what my upbringing was. And in quick summation, you know, my father left our family when I was in eighth grade. And, and then I'm the classic girl looking for love in all the wrong places. And that led to a lot of uh, uh, a cycle of abusive relationships, uh, dating uh, people who would physically abuse, who would, are using drugs and, and were so emotionally abusive. And every single one of them cheating on me. And, and they would only, I would never leave because I didn't feel like that was the best I could get. And so I never, those relationships never ended until they were ready to discard me to move on to someone else. And so I was just sharing all these things with him and he began to just share with me. And he said, I'm going to just read what he said because I recorded it and it's so powerful. He said, you have a broken heart because you have suffered severe rejection time and time again. And because you suffered rejection, you have closed off a part of your heart in order to protect yourself. And by shutting off a part of your heart to protect yourself, you also shut off a part of your heart to truly feel. He said, so you're now unable to have a healthy flow of emotion and intimacy in your relationships because you have shut off a part of your heart. Then he told me there's some things that you've buried alive that you need to dig up and allow God to resurrect those things so that he can fully uproot it you can fully heal so you can be fully restored and get rid of those oppressive spirits of rejection. And I remember going on, and I was actually surprised at the time because those that know me, I'm quite comfortable in my skin and I'm quite confident. So I was like, rejection, what? Everyone loves me, right? I'm like, ah. But then I was like, ah, oh, when he shared it, it like hit my heart. And so I went on this journey for weeks with the Holy Spirit, he told me to sit down in the presence of the Holy Spirit every morning with a beautiful worship music playing that engaged my heart. And he said to begin to journal about each person that had caused you pain. And then you write down the emotions that come when you're writing down those experiences. And then he says, you need to forgive or you need to forgive. You need to repent for harboring unforgiveness. And then you need to be able to get to the place in that presence of the Holy Spirit where you can actually bless and pray for those people that have hurt you. And then just sit in God's presence and allow him to speak to you. And so I did that. It was actually pretty easy to actually walk through the forgiveness of my dad and all these relationships. because I felt like I did a lot of that work before. But the one thing I had never done was actually write my own name down on that piece of paper. And so I just kept, I wanted to move on to a different relationship, but I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, you're next, write your name down. And I remember sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and writing down things I experienced, this incredible rage and anger 
and disgust came over me, not because of what they had done, but because I was so weak to allow it to be done to me. And so in that moment, I felt disgust for myself. I hated myself. I felt I despised myself. And I realized I didn't necessarily have a, a spirit of rejection that others had put on me. I had actually rejected myself. And because I rejected myself, I cursed myself. And then you wondered why I had all these crazy sicknesses in my body that the doctors didn't know how to heal because it wasn't a sickness, it was a spirit. It was a curse because I had rejected and hated myself. So I was cursing myself. So I went through years of being on medication where doctors didn't know what to do and why I wasn't getting better. I ate everything they told me in the diet. I did everything they told me to do and I was still on five times the amount of medication. It was a normal dosage. And after, I want to tell you something. This is, I didn't plan on saying this. When I went through this process, and I healed my heart and I learned to love myself as I sat in the word and allowed the word of God to wash over me. What do you say about me, Lord? You tell me how accepted I am. Tell me how loved I am. Tell me about the plans you have for my life. Help me love myself. I began to love myself in that season. And I didn't even realize this. It was about six months later, I realized I had stopped taking my medication just out of forgetfulness. I got retested. I'm totally healed. All my numbers are totally normal. It's like I got healed because I stopped cursing myself. Now I have to get back to my notes because I don't know, I wasn't planning on sharing that. But how amazing is God? And I thought in that moment doing all that, and it took a few weeks, you can't rush the heart. You can't rush 25 years of pain being laid dormant. You can't rush those things. You have to take the time. You can't just rip out. No, what's, what's under there? Ooh, I see some hurt there. I see some abandonment right here. And you felt orphaned right here. You didn't feel protected right here. Like, take the time. And I, and I did that. And I experienced an incredible level of healing, I will say. And I got an incredible amount of healing in that moment. And I thought I'd gotten rid of all of that until my wonderful husband comes home from a merge and asks the infamous question, babe, do you feel deeply loved? And I, and I tried to open my mouth to respond, but it was like something was holding me back and I actually couldn't answer the question. And I'm looking at him like, I love you. You love me, of course. But it's like I couldn't get the words out that I felt deeply loved. And in this moment of awkwardness, he sat on the couch, probably very bruised in his ego in the moment. And I sat there like, what's, what's wrong with me? Of course, of course. And I just sat there for a moment and I prayed and I listened to the Holy Spirit. In that moment of awkwardness, I remember blurting out, I know you love me, I just don't feel deeply lovable. And I, I surprised myself again. I was like, where is this coming from? I thought I dealt with all this. And so we began this beautiful conversation of talking about what are still the roots that made me go back to that place. It hadn't reared its head in years. But here I was again, not fully feeling deeply 
unlovable. It's, it's not that I wasn't being deeply loved by him. I just didn't feel like I was worthy of being deeply lovable. And so that night I was just like, oh, in my bed. And I was just praying like, God, I thought I dealt with this. I thought I ripped out all the roots. Here I was again. And I remember getting ready that morning in the mirror and the Holy Spirit said, why is it that you struggle every year to have a birthday party? Which I do, my friends know me. What are we doing for your birthday? Nah. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We wanna do something. Nah, I don't want I don't want everyone to get a sitter. I don't want everyone to have to spend money. It's fine, it's fine. And every year I try to avoid my birthday. I'm like, and so I'm standing there. My birthday's in September. Why am I thinking about this a month ago? And the Holy Spirit says, because you don't feel worthy to be celebrated. And there was still an issue, a root there. And here's the thing. What, did I not finish and complete the work at the time? I don't know. Or was God bringing up another layer because I was ready to heal from another layer? And God works in layers. I think we would all crumble to the ground if he like ripped up everything and told us all the places in our lives that were broken. Again, you're not broken, but places of our life are broken. So I, I don't know if I didn't complete the work or not. I don't know if it was just another layer that he knew I could, I could heal from at this time. But thank God for his faithfulness and taking me on another deeper level of a journey of bringing healing to worthiness, to self-love, to rebuking and finally uprooting those spirits of self-rejection in my life. From These things happened 25 years ago. But here's the deal. I'm going to be 65 and probably still uprooting some things that happened 35 years ago. Because life can be tough. People can seem, say mean things. You can experience heartache and pain. And, and we're tough, so we just keep pushing through. And then in a moment, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, He reveals to us something that we had buried beneath the surface. And we need to be whole. We need to be healed. We are not meant to live with this kind of stuff operating in our life because one thing will prevent all other areas of your life from fully growing and seeing the potential that God has given you. Am I disqualified for still being in process? No, absolutely not. And nor are you. We're all in process. The Bible tells us in the scripture that he will continue the work he began in us and complete it until the day Jesus comes back. So that tells me we should all be in process until the day that Jesus comes back. And we shouldn't be ashamed of the process or embarrassed of the process or try to hide the process. We should always be on the potter's wheel. There should always be something he's bringing to our attention to bring more health and strength and life and victory to us. We're not disqualified. And at any, any place you're at where you find yourself today, you are lovable exactly where you're at. You are lovable exactly where you are at. Amen? Amen. We always tell our team that when they bring up an issue that they're struggling with or a really tough area of their life and they share it with us or are vulnerable enough, to trust us with that information, we don't, that by no means disqualifies you. In our mind, it qualifies you even more. Because if we can trust that, that you would bring something so delicate 
and sometimes embarrassing and sometimes really difficult. You bring that to our attention. Like, if you're not going to hide that from us, I can trust you with anything. <laughs> like, seriously, it, 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 our respect grows for people who are willing to admit they are going through something because we always are going through something, aren't we? God cannot heal what you're committed to hiding, people. God cannot heal what you're committed to hiding. You've probably heard this before. Your secrets will keep you sick. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. We get forgiveness from Jesus and we get healed when we share our struggles with one another. And so tonight, my one thing, my one hope was that this would be the year that we stop circling that same mountain like the Israelites did for so many years. Circling for 40 years, getting worn out, worn out. And finally the Lord says to them, you have encompassed this mountain long enough. Now, go northward. We need to stop circling these issues, making it look good on the surface. When the root still exists, it will eventually manifest and bring destruction to the areas of our life. Amen. Amen. Let's all just stand to our feet. I would love if everyone would just close their eyes and just turn your palms to heaven. Don't lift them up high because you'll get tired. Just turn your palms to heaven. the beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we feel your presence. We're feeling your peace. Continue to invade this space. Invade every heart and mind as you speak to us and minister to us. And as we just sit in his presence, church, Holy Spirit, reveal to each heart the one thing, the one thing that needs to be uprooted. Holy Spirit, help us not get distracted by the symptoms of the root or the behaviors that the root has produced, but God, take us to the root. think your one thing this year is breaking free from addiction. That addiction's the behavior. What's the root? Why? Why do you run to that? What hurt have you not healed from? What things are you trying to numb? What is the root of the behavior of addiction? Holy Spirit, reveal that to people right now. You may think your one thing is anger. That's a behavior. That's a symptom. Why? Why are you angry? What's the root of the anger? 
Were you deeply wounded? Were you mistreated? Did someone take advantage of you and you felt helpless? Did things happen to you that were out of your control? And you're so angry. Holy Spirit, reveal the root. Do you want to get rid of compare and sin and insecurity? That's the symptom. You're constantly comparing yourself to another. And guess what? You'll always feel terrible about yourself when you compare yourself to someone else because you're not meant to. The only way you're going to finish the race is to understand your calling, to understand, understand your anointing and not anointing and not compare your calling and your anointing to someone else's. You do you. What is the root? Holy Spirit. Do I not know my calling? Do I not know my anointing? What you've created me for? Do I not understand my identity? And so I compare and I'm jealous. God, show us the root. Control, anxiety. That's the symptom. The root is fear. What made you afraid? When did you become afraid? What happened to you that instilled fear in you? God, bring healing to that area. Holy Spirit, reveal to us the root. Lord, I just pray over every heart. God, I thank you that you're faithful to complete the work you began in them. Lord, I thank you that you bring up issues, not to expose or embarrass, but to heal and bring victory and transformation. So God, I thank you for your kindness and your mercy to bring these things to the surface so that we can be fully set free. Holy Spirit, continue to minister on hearts. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. The worship team's just gonna sing a couple songs and you know, we leave our Wednesday nights a lot of times in a rah-rah, ready to go after parties. But I just really knew the Holy Spirit wanted to do something different tonight. And so I want to invite you to linger in His presence, spend some time with Him. But the journey is, He doesn't heal up everything in one moment with one prayer and one encounter. There can be a level of freedom, absolutely. But I want to encourage you to get out that journal, 
to turn on that music that stirs your heart and to begin to write every name, every situation. Repent where you need to repent. Forgive where you need to forgive. And then allow the Holy Spirit to take you to a place of being ministered to, to the place where you can actually pray and bless for those individuals. If you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the root, He will. And then He'll give you the tools to fully uproot it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.